Yes, I'm Dr. Julie Stromberg, and I am a plant ecologist, a retired academic. I spent many years at the at Arizona State University uh, studying riparian plant ecology. And for the last 20 years, my partner and I have been growing our own food forest in South Phoenix. I'd like to imagine about 150 years in the past. So if we're going back into the past, how would you describe it as being different? Yeah, so 150 years ago would be before the um, European settlers came in and dammed the major rivers, the Salt and the Gila, before they diverted the water extensively. There were diversion canals. The Hohokam people um, had diversion canals, and the European settlers, the Salt River Project built on top of that. But uh, there was many fewer houses, fewer development. Um, the area was, was much wilder. And during the 1860s, 1870s, there were uh, public land surveys were done where on a grid system, people would go out and describe the, in general terms, the vegetation that was growing. So we have these these maps that we can look at and have sort of get a, a snapshot in time of what the vegetation was like um, 150 years ago. And for the, the major rivers, like the Gila River and the Hacienda, Fria, and the Salt, there were some major vegetation types. One is sort of near and dear to my heart, and this is uh, the mesquite bosque. And velvet mesquites and honey mesquites, when they're growing in, in the riparian floodplain and using groundwater, they get huge and they sprawl and they partner with bacteria to fix nitrogen. So they're self-fertilizing and they produce pods that are delicious and nutritious, and they were they are eaten by coyotes and um, ground squirrels, and also by local people. And so it's an incredibly beautiful tree. It provides shade and, and cover and habitat, and, and it also provides food. And so these mesquite bosques were plentiful in the region. Many of them eventually were, were cut down, and so they're not as abundant as they used to be. So mesquite bosque, mesquite forests were, were, were abundant. Also, right along the river, you had gallery forests of Fremont cottonwood and gooding willow, these tall, shady, beautiful trees. And they also um, eventually some, some of the, the canals. But, but back in the 18, 1860s, 1870s, they were, um, they'd establish after floods on these powerful rivers. There also were, when, when you get into some of the, the drier sections, a little somewhat away from the, the, the wet river, you had shrublands of desert saltbush and and quail bush and uh, amazing diversity of plants. In, in the uplands, you would have the creosote bush, uh, which is a spectacularly well-adapted plant to, to dry, you know, arid environments. And it's, it's medicinal. It's, it's, it smells heavenly after rains. So you have creosote bush. You had there's a plant called triangle leaf bursage, which some people call the mother plant. Uh, just a low-growing shrub a characteristic of the Sonoran Desert. And then you had other Sonoran Desert, small green bark trees, the blue Palo Verde, the foothills Palo Verde. So a very diverse mix of, of habitats and um, high diversity of plant species.